Hello everyone, welcome to Watch It Baptist Church. It's 2024 and we're starting a new series as we start a new year. For the next few weeks we're going to be looking at the work of the Holy Spirit and we're going to do this in a slightly different way. Rather than an approach which looks to work sort of systematically through uh, Book of the Bible or, or to take some uh, sort of conceptual idea and explore it uh, through a particular bit of scripture, we're going to be doing a kind of hitchhiker's guide, I suppose, kind of a, a tour of some of the scriptures that tell us what the Holy Spirit is like and what he's about. I do want to make two quick points before we go any further. One is that I will be referring to the Holy Spirit as he. There are those who refer to the Holy Spirit as female. This is because of Greek grammar. Uh, and the word for Holy Spirit, pneuma, uh, having a feminine form. I'm not an expert on Greek grammar, so I'm not going to worry too much about that. And because in John's Gospel particularly, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as he when he comes, um, we're going to refer to the Holy Spirit as he as well. I'm not worried about those who refer to the Holy Spirit as female. It's just not what I'm going to be doing. The second thing is a bit more about the purpose of this series. There is, and has been for a long time, a risk in Western uh, Protestant churches that we are really very good at examining, searching scripture. Uh, and so we have made the sermon, the teaching from the Bible, kind of a, a, a crescendo point in our services over the years. Not all traditions do this. Not all traditions have done it in the past either. But there is something about what the Protestant Reformation did that has left us in this situation. And that's a really good thing. We are encouraged to know and search the Bible to understand God's character, his purposes, his story, and the way he's directing us to live and the way he's directing history to go. So those are really good things. But there is a risk that comes alongside that, that we can become so head knowledge is so cerebral so um that we can become a product of the the enlightenment way of thinking in the west a very sort of philosophical thinking way of doing things that the much more mysterious and very powerful um, work of the holy spirit can end up not getting ignored but maybe not giving as much priority as it might be so part of what we're looking to do is maybe open up our understanding so that we might take that understanding into how we live as individuals, but also how we function as a church together. This doesn't mean that I'm looking for us to radically change the character of the church that we are. I think who we are is great. But I do also want us to always be open to exploring the character and nature of God and the way in which he expresses and exercises his power and his authority and the way in which he leads us to. So with all those things in mind, let's take our first tour of the Bible, looking at the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray before we go any further. Lord Jesus, you have given us your Holy Spirit and empowered us through him. Would you help us to learn 
so that we might trust your spirit more, that we might be empowered by your spirit more, and that we might go where your spirit leads us. Amen. This session is called The Spirit and Creativity. As we look through scripture, we find lots of examples of how the spirit is involved in a creative way in lots of situations. This is important for a couple of reasons. First of all, because it tells us something about how God likes to operate. So it's vital that we understand here that the spirit is not separate from God. It's an expression of God, a revelation of God. Jesus tells his disciples, uh, it's better for you guys if I go to be with the Father and I send the Holy Spirit instead, because right now I'm physical, I can only be one place at a time. But the Spirit won't have that problem. Through the Spirit, I can be everywhere all at once, all the time. So we need to understand some of how God functions, how he likes to do things, and, and understanding this creativity is key to that. We first find the creative nature of the Holy Spirit in Genesis 1. So I'm reading from the very beginning of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. So the first thing God does to order creation, which is what the creation narrative is about, if we're just looking at, at the fact that God created it, we get that in verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Job done. But he then orders what is there uh, by adding particular things in particular ways. And the first thing he adds is light. But he doesn't add light until we find out the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. So the Spirit of God is an essential part of how this creation becomes something ordered and organised and multifaceted and, and full of variety and full of surprises and mysteries full of things that we're still only finding out about now. In, in terms of detail, oh, some of the stuff I've seen on, on, um, on television recently in terms of how different animals work in different ways around each other just boggles the mind and it's wonderful and it's part of the spirit's creativity. So that's one element of creation, but there are more. So secondly, the spirit gives new life. Now we're going to jump into John's gospel for this. And we're in Chapter three, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? Exclaimed Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a senior teacher among the Jewish people who's come to ask Jesus some questions. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb, he said, and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. So in that moment, Jesus tells us that the, the new creation, the creation of God-born humanity, not just human-born, but, you know, God recreated people is both powerful and comes from the Spirit's creativity and is mysterious. And I love it when Jesus says this, when the Bible says it, when we are given permission by the way Bible describes things to say, well, that's a mystery. We may understand bits of it and it's important that we seek to understand God, but it's okay if we don't understand all of it 
because Jesus has given us permission not to understand the whole thing. We're still talking about the spirit and creativity, so part three is this. The spirit is at work as Jesus is conceived. Now we go to Luke 1 for this. The angel replied, this is the angel Gabriel talking to Mary. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Now, of course, he will be called the Son of God because it is God who's brought about the pregnancy. But it's the spirit that is at work. So this same spirit that is the creative force in Genesis, in creation, is the same spirit who's involved in uh, new life, as Jesus describes it to Nicodemus. And now it's the same spirit who meets with Mary in ways that are mysterious, that Mary surely doesn't understand, so that there's a pregnancy. So that pregnancy comes about because Mary and the Holy Spirit are creative together. The baby born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. So the creativity of God in spirit gives us God in flesh, God as humanity. So this creative Holy Spirit is already working in three different ways, but let's find another one. We're going to be in Exodus now. Uh, we're looking at Exodus chapter, I think, 31, uh, and we're at the beginning of the chapter. And the Lord said to Moses, look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. Can you imagine meeting Bezalel? I really hope he had a good, a good dose of humility along with all that other stuff. It was a, you know, he spent some time with him, and, and all the time he's probably just, you know, fiddling away with something in his hands and making something happen. The guy's incredible. He's, he's not just expert in one area, he's expert in like 10. But anyway, the point of this is that God says to Moses that God has filled Bezalel with the Spirit, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in crafts. So Bezalel's creativity, which is absolutely essential to how the tabernacle is built, all those bits and pieces that go into God representing himself and his picture of how the universe functions, all of that creativity is made using wood and gemstones and gold, and large chunks of that have come with them from Egypt. So they brought all this stuff with them that the Egyptian families gave them as they left. Suddenly it's apparent what's it going to be used for, and this guy, Bezalel, is going to be at the heart of making it amazing and beautiful and shiny and profound. And he's going to do all of these things because the Holy Spirit's creativity has landed within him. And some of us might feel that we're not really creative people. I would say that if the Spirit is in you, there is creativity in you. And we know the Spirit is in us because we're told that elsewhere. So the creativity of humanity is not a nice to have extra. It's an essential expression of God's presence in us, the Spirit launches creativity in who we are. This is perhaps put 
quite succinctly in Job. So in Job 33, in verse 4 says this, For the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. The Spirit has made me. So in Job, which, if I remember rightly from my college days, is, uh, is the writing in the Old Testament that has the earliest source documents, the earliest source papyrus are the ones that give us Job, an ancient bit of text, is talking about how the Spirit is involved in creating individual people, as well as creating the whole of creation, as well as creating Jesus through Mary, as well as creating things through individual um, talent and skill in craft or in art or in whatever else it might be. And as well as all of those things, Jesus wants Nicodemus to understand that it is the Holy Spirit that remakes a person, it gives them new life, the same new life that Paul refers to when he says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, a new thing is here. So the Spirit, in all those ways, shows us what a creative character God is. Not just the creator who got the ball rolling in Genesis 1 and then stepped away, but a creator who keeps on creating in individuals and through individual skill. He is a creator who likes to do new things. He keeps, keeps, keeps doing new things. I've not had an exhaustive search, but I don't see much in the Bible that tells us that the Holy Spirit is a conservationist or a, a, you know, or a, or a preserver. Even when we hear in, I think it's Deuteronomy, the instructions that God gives his people about talking about the law, he encourages them to do that while they travel. He doesn't say, stay in one place and just keep going over them. So this creativity, this, this sense of making new things, is at the heart of what the Spirit does. So as we engage with the Holy Spirit, we think about how the Holy Spirit functions and how that function encourages us and moves us forward, you need to be aware that the Holy Spirit is likely to do new things in your life. To say, how about this new way of expressing the love of Jesus? How about this new way of understanding uh, the Bible? How about this new way of encouraging other disciples? How about this new way of understanding how I work? The newness of life is an essential element of what God is about. As I said, Paul tells us that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Jesus tells Nicodemus that a kind of new birth has to happen for people to be born of the Spirit. That is the nature and purpose of the God that we serve and of the Jesus who calls us to be his disciples. We're going to be looking at some other surveys of the way in which the Holy Spirit works as we go through this series. I will probably do the majority of them from this spot in Weekend Coombe uh, because at this time of year being somewhere where the wind is less windy is a really good thing and it's still pretty down here even in the winter. So we'll be looking at various ways in which we might understand the Holy Spirit is working uh, and we'll be getting to grips with a whole picture, I hope, of the Holy Spirit's purpose for us as individuals and for the people of God 
whether that's a local church or the global church. I'll ask some questions in just a moment, but let's pray before we do that. Holy Spirit, we pray to you as you are God. Would you help us understand you? Would you help us make space for your creativity in who we are and in the way we live our lives with those around us? And would we look for ways to follow your creative example in how we live and in how we follow and serve you and your kingdom? Amen. Okay, let's ask our three questions from this session. Question one, in what ways are you allowing the creativity of the Spirit to be expressed through you? What do you do that is creative? It may be, as I said earlier, that, that you don't feel you particularly are. It might be something that you find difficult to engage with. Have a think about how the creativity of God as expressed in the Spirit might be found in you and how you might exercise that as a way of making space for the Spirit in your life. Question two, in what way is your life being made newly all the time? You might feel like it's a bit of an odd question, how am I being recreated? Well, yes, well Nicodemus was told that there has to be a new birth and there is, as we come to commit our lives to Jesus, that happens. But Paul talks about our mind being renewed all the time. And so it's important that we have a think about how God wants to make us new as we work our way through our life and how the Spirit helps us with that. Possibly, and this becomes really important, how we might pray for the Spirit to be involved in our renewing. How is that happening for you? Question three, in what, in what ways is a creative God maybe scary or unsettling? I don't suppose any of us really think that we're frightened of what God might do, but many of us are less comfortable with change. For me, I, over the years, I've become aware that, that I have some autistic traits. Never had a formal assessment, so I don't know how far they go, but I know that there are some ways in which change can be really problematic for me. I like things to happen in ordered ways in some elements of my life. So change can be tricky. Change is an essential part of newness, of creativity. So in what ways might God's approach, might the Holy Spirit's approach to being creative in and around you be unsettling or scary? That's it from me for this session. We'll be back. Uh, next week with session two, looking at a different aspect of the Holy Spirit. Take care and God bless. Mm -hmm.